1: Hello,
0: welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matthew Rossi. I'm your host tonight as we talk about the various games produced by Blizzard, the ice cold company that makes video games. They don't actually make blizzards. Uh, see, Dairy Queen makes a drink called a Blizzard, and it's like an ice cream thing. It's really tasty, and sometimes I get them confused. It's got ca- like it's kind of like soft ice cream, sort of. Isn't it
1: considered a dessert? Eh,
0: I guess. I mean,
2: uh, it's something. It, it can't decide if it's a milkshake or an ice cream.
1: Yeah, I, I, cannot, I, I would agree. I cannot I would agree. consume it through a straw, so I would not call it a drink.
0: I can, it's... but I, I'm really good at sucking, so let's just... <laughs> there's no way around this. This is just a fact. I happen to be good at doing that. Well... Okay. (laughs) So welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show. You've learned a little more about me. With me this week, as is usually the case, are two magnificent and currently kind of thinking TMI co hosts. Uh, First up, uh, Ann Stickney. Ann.
1: Hi. Go.
3: (laughs) Go with what?
1: I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I can follow that up with anything.
2: Well, we have an hour to go, so we got to do it eventually.
1: Yeah, true. Have you had one of those blizzards, the one that they're advertising right now that's like the, the Jurassic World one? I don't know if they have them up here yet. It's like peanut butter cookie dough and I think chocolate chip cookie dough or something. I don't no, know. I-
2: I haven't had what does that, that have but to do because... with
1: dinosaurs. Nothing. Nothing at all. But but my <laughs> my brother and I were talking about this today because we saw a barbasol commercial that had like dinosaurs on the can, and I'm like, yeah, the first thing I think of when I'm stranded on an island with a bunch of rampaging dinosaurs is I really need to shave.
2: Well that was in the in Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, it was in Jurassic Park, and that's that's the only reason so we that's were like, brilliant. okay, so that gets a pass. That gets a pass. Yeah. And then my brother says, so who Who looked at the original movie, though? Who looked at the original Jurassic Park? Who in the marketing team looked at that and said, oh, a movie about dinosaurs. We need to get in on that. And I said, I don't know. But they were a marketing genius, whoever they were, you know.
0: You know, I I haven't seen that one up here yet. I don't really get to eat a lot of ice cream because, you know, (laughs) medicational stuff. Mm. But – I, I do think that it's fairly well-established that peanut butter is the favorite flavor of all dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, so... And aliens. Pretty much, yeah. Aliens, dinosaurs.
1: E.T., he had the Reese's Pieces. He was he all totally about did. Those, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Because I, I, I remember seeing that film in the theater. Obviously,
1: peanut butter attracts chaotic things. Maybe we should have somebody look oh. into that. Maybe there should be a study... E.T. wasn't chaotic. He was friendly.
0: Well, yeah. But, okay. Also with us this week, currently probably thinking, what in the heck have I unleashed? Is Alex Zebart, to the editor-in-chief of Blizzard <laughs> Watch? Yes, this know, is I've all your fault,
2: ultimately. I've been wondering why there isn't more product placement in games. Like, advertisers need to get on that. Like, games that are set in the real world. Like, an MMO, like Secret World. You could have mm. a Coca-Cola billboard in Secret World, and it would you be totally fine. You totally could. Like, that would totally fit in, and they would make bank. They should it, do it. It would I'm make s- sense. I
0: just have you ever seen um, Demolition Man? Yes.
2: Age of, I was probably four years old. Okay. The well, they replay it past.
1: all the time.
2: Yeah. But
0: the thing about Demolition Man is it has the most genius use of product placement I've ever seen in my life. Uh huh. With with they have the quote unquote franchise wars and at the end only taco bell was left so they they go out to taco bell and it is the only restaurant in the world and so it's an upscale it's an upscale eatery it's not you know a a taco bell as we understand it that's when i knew that that movie was science fiction because i worked at the taco bell and there's no way that's ever going to (laughs) happen but Mm
1: -mm. although to be fair those breakfast things that they put out with, like, the hash browns and the tortilla. Yeah, those are pretty good.
2: We had them on our... Blizzard yeah. Road yeah. All right. Um, and uh, Taco Bell starting deliveries here and I can't wait for it to come to my area. because What? Oh, my God. Yeah, what? Taco Bell delivery.
3: <gasps>
2: <laughs> totally
0: not anything to do with World of Warcraft, but it does remind <laughs> me of that, that thing they did as a, as an April Fool's joke one year. <laughs>
1: with, the, with the Panda Express, the Pandaren Express?
0: Yeah, that you could just order inside the game. Yeah. Well, didn't they add something like that to EverQuest? It was like
2: Slash Pizza, like yeah, an actual real
0: Yeah, Slash Pizza. Thing. I didn't. they didn't, did, but I don't know much about EverQuest. I've never played it. But, but speaking of games that I actually have played, or at least talk about sometimes in some cases, uh, we should probably talk about the top stories of the week, and one of which I did not write in the email because I completely forgot about it, but I still want to talk about it as soon as I remembered it. Namely that when Patch 6.2 came out this week, one of the things that came out with it this weekend was the time walking weekend.
3: Yeah. Okay. And
0: I've actually done a, a good amount of time walking. I, I've done the five dungeons on a couple characters now. I love time walking. Yeah. But I love time walking because it does not in any way attempt
1: to be original BC heroic dungeons. Because they were horrible. Good. And, because um I still have nightmares about Arcatraz. Yeah. Um, the, the one that gets me is Shattered Halls. Shattered Halls is one of the dungeons
0: that they're doing. Yeah. Um, Shattered Halls was the worst dungeon ever to tank on a warrior back then.
1: Oh, man.
3: I mean, the
0: gauntlet. I, the yeah. gauntlet was just... Mm. paladins and Druids could kind of do it because they had better AoE threat, but Warriors had nothing. Geek Thunderclap, every, like... Like eight seconds, and you had to switch to battle stance to use it for a while there. So it only hit four targets. It was just like it was a it was atrocious. They, all the stuff got fixed, but you know. So I my have bad experience.
2: Dreams. My experience with BC dungeons is completely warped because um, I basically had the same five man group I did every dungeon with, and either my tank was the main tank of my raid, and I was healing, or we switched roles and I was tanking and she was healing. Yeah. And uh, we just went balls to okay. the wall. And so you pulled both everything. paladins? No, she was a warrior. And I think I, I did it on my paladin and my warrior. And oh, she we tanking, were just...
0: How was she healing on a warrior? I'm assuming she had another character to heal with?
2: Yeah, she had a druid to heal with. Yeah, okay. she, she had a warrior main and a druid alt. And I had uh, a warrior, a paladin, and a paladin.
0: If you had a group where you could like communicate with everybody and stuff, I'm sure it would I don't know, man. Yeah. See, I it's, remember... Because
2: like... we didn't CC. We just pulled everything and well, just I... went...
1: I remember, like, that first iteration of Heroic Dungeons... Because I remember going to do Botanica. And this was, like... It wasn't long after the expansion was released. And I went in there with a group of five people... Myself and, and four other people from a raid guild, mind you. Like, a good raid guild. We went in there and we cleared the trash, right? And by the time we'd gotten to the first boss... The trash had respawned behind us. We couldn't afford to wipe because if we wiped, we would have to clear through everything all over again. The entire way through the dungeon, it was terrible. Yeah, and I they don't. They fixed that. They fixed all that. But I do remember, like, I liked the dungeons. I thought they were fun once they actually, you know, having
2: having a, a stable five man where you always have the same five. Yeah. people. Yeah.
3: It helps a lot. changes the experience
2: so much because you know what each player in your group can handle. Like, you know if your tank can handle the whole group. You know if your tank can only handle, you know, a group and you need one cc And then once you have it down, it's just smooth yeah. and you never have problems. Okay, yeah.
0: but nevertheless, time walking isn't that. Right. Time walking yeah. is basically... One of the things that's great about time walking is it scales you down to level 70. And it scales your gear down to, like, level 95. Whatever your gear happens to be, so I can use my
1: rogue legendary dagger. Yes,
0: you can because I was <laughs> I
1: back, baby.
0: I dual wielded Shadowmourne and Thunder Fury for a while, <laughs> just just because oh. I could. <laughs> just because, uh, yeah. I, and of course, you don't. It doesn't have to be legendaries either. For a while, I was using Girthalak and Uh That was fun because you got the eye stalks everywhere, and then every Chaos Bane's going off all the time. It was. It was basically still. It, people still like to Zerg and that's just going to be the way people are unless they absolutely can't do it.
3: Yeah.
0: And especially with pugs because these are, I pugged all this. This wasn't a guild group or anything. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, one of the reasons I had a lot of fun with it was, like I said, because you can wear anything. So I had I had the legendary meta gem in my hat. I had the legendary <laughs> cloak on. I had, you know, I was like dual wielding legendaries wherever possible. Like I'd use the war glaive sometimes or I'd use the... I actually at one point used sulf. Uh, even though both Sulf and Thunder Fury are level 80, so they don't scale up, but it's fine because the dungeon's only level 95 for, uh, I level 95 for, uh, the BC stuff. It's going to be, Wrath stuff is going to be I level 160, but we didn't do Wrath stuff this weekend, so. Yeah. It still leaves you with a lot of gear you can use, like, like I said, Shadowmourne and so forth.
1: Well, and the Cataclysm stuff all scales. Yeah. So the Rogue Daggers, psh, you're fine. Go crazy. Yeah. But but all the mist stuff, so all the miss
0: legendary stuff like the metas and so forth, that all scales down. And uh, I had a friend who was using Valinir to heal, oh. having having a great time. Uh, I know I know a lot of casters who broke out their stabs. Um I did have one group. This this is my favorite group. I had one group where I came in and I had Thunder Fury equipped, and the the mage in the group looked at me for a second and then he popped out Oh! <gasps> Dude,
3: so,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that group. At the end of the group, the best part was when he made the portal to Karazhan for us. Oh, my God. He just made the portal and we all it out to Karazhan just because we could. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I've, I think time walking is, it's still got some bugs to deal with. Like, um, some of the stuff is a little wonky. Uh, one of the things I'm thinking about is, I can't remember, I think Slave Pens. Yeah, Slave Pens. We were doing the, the, the first fight in Slave Pens. Yeah. And he died really slow. Yeah, like our DPS was not bad. We were killing everything else just fine. He just took forever. He just he did not die quickly. I I felt really weird. And the first boss in uh, I want to say Botanica. No, wait, is it is it Architraz Botanica or Mechanar? Which one's the one that has like all the the dead people and the the void? The first boss is a void boss.
1: That is Architraz.
0: Yeah. First boss and Architraz blew up half our group. Oh lord! He just in one in one of those traps on the ground, just blew the whole group up. Yep. So it felt like that was doing a little bit more damage than it needed to be, like because it was like instant. It went down. Everybody died.
1: Yeah, out there, Botanica is the one with all the plants in it. Mechanor is the one botanica. with the robots, and Architraz is the one that's left over.
2: Okay. So, so yeah, did, we would... did I hear that wrong? What? Did, did you say did you Mech you... was one of the plants? No, no I said botanica.
1: botanica was all the plants. Mechanar is all the robots.
2: For some reason, I heard that backwards. That okay. Proceed.
0: A little wonkiness like that aside, I, I had a great time with it. And I really, I encourage people to do it. If, especially if you like, one of the things that's great about it is, let's say you, you just hit 100. Or let's say you're not level 90. And you're leveling up to 100. You can run these dungeons. You, Which is you cool. Just, it just scales you down to whatever level they are.
1: The only thing and, that makes me sad about this is that these events will never be on Thursdays, which means we can't do them on our left leveling stream.
0: Yeah. (laughs) that's. I will say this. That's the thing. They've they've added a whole bunch of weekend events in this patch. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, I like that they've added a whole bunch of weekend events. What I don't like is that they have them on this rotating thing, and they're only on weekends, and they're not every weekend. Yeah. So Time Walking won't be every weekend. It'll be some weekends. And it'll never be Thursday, as you said. It'll never be during the week. There are people who don't play on weekends because they work then. Or they do things then. You know? I, I, I just, That's I when do, they go out
1: of town or hang out with the kids or whatever.
0: I do think that that would be a good thing to do in the future, to consider moving these events around, giving people more uh, choices when to do them. But
2: Yeah, I'm kind of a weird duck in that I play less on the weekends because the weekends are what I allot to doing other things. And Monday through Friday is, you know, when I'm working at Blizzard Watch... I play mm-hmm. WoW to kind of, you know, figure all that stuff out and stay relevant. And then Saturday and Sunday, I don't want to play WoW. Yeah, those Saturday are the only and times Sunday,
1: I'm usually plans. doing, like, other stuff entirely.
0: So, yeah, it, it is one of those things. But otherwise, we should probably, I mean, before we get into emails, we should talk a little bit more about other stuff. We we know Past 6.2 has been out for about a week. Yep. So um, one of the things we can talk about was a news story from today, which is that somebody figured out how to get the Predator title already. Which is cool! Yeah um uh, ian Hazakosis actually tweeted that you know he didn't expect that someone to figure it out so fast uh it was a the player is ryuru um a shaman from the eu and uh, he posted a little thing to, to wowhead explaining how he did it uh, basically you have to use the master hunter's uh seeking crystal and get lucky and get teleported up to where uh i can't pronounce this guy's name uh zem I can't. Zemmercall. 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 Okay, you have to get teleported up there and fight him. He's apparently not that hard. Uh, but when you kill him, you get the predator title, which I, I hope they do more stuff like this in the future. Uh,
1: it's like a, it's like um.
2: Camel hoarder. You know? Part
1: two, camel hoarder only no mount, just the title. But that's okay. That's still pretty cool that it's like you know you get your own unique title with it.
0: There's a tons of mounts in this in this patch, so I'm not that. Yeah, worried. not really um but but, uh also i mean tanan in general you know alex have you gotten you've been playing right
2: oh yeah um i'm enjoying it quite a bit uh i know a lot of people have been kind of negative about it and the breakfast topic we asked for people enjoying it it didn't seem like it was going over all that well but i'm really enjoying it i like the timeless isle and this is kind of a bigger timeless isle i think it has problems like um hellfire citadel being in the center isn't helping
1: I've people heard that get the around. phasing
3: thing. The is phasing like, is
2: weird. Like, yeah. tip, I don't know if it's to prevent population or whatever, but you get people in general like, "Hey, Roller's up. Let's get a group together." And everybody else is like, "He's not up. What are you talking about?" But it's up, wherever this guy is, you know, he's phased yeah. somewhere else. I actually,
0: I actually had the uh, problem. This happened to me. Uh, World server went down for just one version of Hellfire. I mean, of, of Tana. Oh. So I was unable to log on for hours. But meanwhile, everybody else was in Tanon. Like, my entire guild was in Tanon.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: In different phases, so I couldn't get to my character for hours. I, I had to, like, file a ticket, and they had to port me to Stormwind.
1: I don't wow. know why they ported me to
0: Stormwind and not, like, say where my hearth is, but... Yeah, they ported me to Stormwind, so I had to, like, you know, get back out there. And the worst part was then I went to Tanon and I was fine.
2: <laughs> I went to some other
0: Tanon,
1: so... It was just too savage for you.
2: Yeah, yes. and, and I mean, there's stuff like, um, every other quest has typos in it which is maybe something only that we would notice um the blood moon event takes forever yeah ridiculous
0: yeah the blood moon event is very long it
2: takes like an hour to get all the blood out of the moon and then the boss spawns and people who have been like participating in the moon can't reach him in time because he's only alive for about five seconds
0: yeah It's it's stupid it is a very, 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 very long time to get they that guy's we They
1: will from. probably have to adjust that. I'm very happy that um, it wasn't listed with today's patch notes, and I don't know why not. But um, they made the area around your shipyard mission table. It's a rested area now, so you can log right out at your mission table without having to wait for the timer. Which is cool. It's like this tiny little change, but it was bugging the heck out of me.
0: Yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh one of the, I, I'll admit that I have not been a tremendous fan of the shipyard missions. They just don't do a lot for me. I'm I, doing them, but they're not
1: They yeah. don't I mean, I'm doing them, but I'm not really they're okay, I guess. Honestly, I I feel like there was promise to this.
0: Like the getting ships and naming them and stuff is fun and having your own fleet is kind of cool, but I I just don't feel like it it's set up behind too much gating. Like there's the quest to, to do 15 missions to, to get your thing to the next level. and There's,
1: then the like, missions out there that take two days. And I'm, that's yeah. the two days. Like, like, okay,
2: it's really difficult to 100% a lot of these. And some of them, I don't know if you can. Maybe you Not
0: can. at I first. You can 100% them after you've done them enough times to upgrade your mission. But in the meantime, you don't have those. so Yeah. And
2: yeah. so I'm okay with it being hard and losing ships and so forth. Like, all right, it's a little more hardcore than follower missions. I get it. But I have to wait two days to fail a mission and lose my ships. <laughs> yeah, that's... What mission- part of that is fun?
1: Nothing. I, I mean, I, I guess you get to watch them explode or whatever, but... Uh, after
2: two days?
1: Yeah. I don't even like
0: like waiting a day on a mission. Like a straight up mission for my yeah. followers. Waiting two days to, to fail? No, that's just nuts. No, uh, I
1: have... I think most of my followers are either tricked out with the speed up the mission trait the or the gold trait and then yeah. i got i have two people that have the oil trait now i'm starting to cultivate those guys
2: wait there is the oil trait
1: yeah, yeah you, you can mean, recruit i have the more oil
2: that i can use anyways but yeah um, recruit
1: them from the inn and they'll bring back double the oil it's like the treasure hunter only it's right. they're like oil barons or something i don't know I, yeah, I, have, I have
2: so much oil i don't know how i'll use it okay yeah oil is
0: not a problem Really I mean, hard.
2: when I'm getting hundreds of oil per day, and I can send out one mission that takes two days and takes 50 oil, what the hell am I gonna do with all this oil? Can I sell it to somebody?
0: Probably no. not. It would be nice if you could. You can use the. You can't use the oil to even buy upgrades or anything for your ships. That all takes resources. Yeah. Garrison resources, which is just weird. But
1: why wouldn't you use oil to get three? No, nope, it's garrison resources. Ship, but but well, I mean, you, my you brain. Don't
2: okay. Oil into a rudder you turn materials into a rudder so yeah, I guess but, logic makes sense
0: Yeah, it's just weird to, to have this new it's resource just, if and, you
1: use the oil to fuel the shipyard missions then that oil should be kind of an all-consuming thing that's the resource for that particular section of your yeah. you know regardless of whether or not it makes sense it's the currency that's used in that particular
2: I get so much more oil in a day than I use is all oh, okay. It. yeah it, it would be nice if you could
1: do other things with it we should uh, probably look at emails
0: Yep, we should do that very thing. Uh, if you have an email you would like to send to the show, please send it to podcast at com. We try to answer as many as possible, and even, you know, that's what we do. Uh, they can be about anything, any Blizzard game you want to ask us about. Uh, we will do our best to answer, so please keep that in mind. Uh, first email, uh, I believe this is pronounced Pisces Moon? Yeah. Yeah. Pisces Moon. Uh, Proud more warlock. Fish and Moon he or she says, been thinking about the site since the beginning of the expansion, but even more so thinking about this since the beginning of the expansion, but even more so with the characters temporarily being able to shift into demon form in the latest batch. What are your thoughts on a future expansion where players are asked to choose sides between Alliance slash Horde United versus burning legions succumbing or diving into the fell influence. This could allow for the addition of new races and possible, possibly classes to the game. Thank you for your engaging work at blizzard watch. Well, thank you. Uh, and Alex, you got any thoughts on this one? I
3: don't, I don't see
1: that ha- I don't see that happening because this is not Diablo.
2: And I, okay. I mean, the Horde and Alliance split is still feels so artificial and unnecessary, it but it keep it just cuz they've always had it. But I mean, and I don't think they would then you know, change it up and have players play I, it in a whole new way. Yeah,
1: I think I think, you know, flipping it over to where it's like very obvious Oh, here's here's the good guys, like the Archangels or whatever, but they aren't. They're just heroes, Alliance Horde, whatever, versus the people from the Burning Hells. I mean, the Burning Legion. You know, it just, that, no. Yeah, I I do
0: think that WoW doesn't want to have a clear-cut good guy, bad guy situation. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, it. I, I'm not a big fan of faction split in the first place. No. I feel like it's an idea that it made sense to a degree when they started the game but has really kind of... It's there because it's there. Uh, it doesn't really serve a whole lot of purpose at this point. I'd be okay with the first part of your question. If they
1: united the Alliance and the Horde,
0: yeah, all right. I don't know how they'd work that, but, you know, sure. We're all I'd working together cool now. with
1: it, you know, and turn the PvP battlegrounds instead of desperately fighting or whatever. It's, oh, look, you're sparring or whatever. There doesn't have to be, you know...
0: Eh, war games, whatever. Of course,
1: it's like, you know, people would be like, well, it's Warcraft. It's supposed to be about war. And I guess it is. But, they, I, I mean, Miss of Pandaria was pretty much hammering home the idea that maybe we shouldn't be at each other's throats so much. And then we just kind of toss that aside.
2: <laughs> and, you know, I I bring up The Secret World a lot, but I do that because I think there's a lot of things well. The Secret World has factions. It's, it's a three, game. Three three factions, I think. Yeah, there's three You can talk to everybody. It doesn't matter what faction they're on. You can group with people from another faction. You can talk to them. The only time it matters is when you go do PvP.
0: Yeah. And you can certainly keep that going with World of Warcraft. I mean, there's no reason that, you know, the the Alliance and the Horde are large military unions. They're they're like defensive alliances and pacts. There's no reason that a, a character who is in the Alliance could not have a friend who is in the Horde. And they just go to places like Booty Bay where it's neutral. To hang yep. out. They don't hang out in Stormwind, obviously. No, my friend here? No, he's not a tauren. Guess
1: what? Guess what? <laughs> Role players have been doing this since the game started. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Because we no just don't with... care. <laughs> I still remember that time I, I flew into a house in the Tinterlands uh, and accidentally interrupted people. <laughs> I feel really bad about that. I was like, oh, sorry. Couldn't even say it. That's the weirdest thing about this thing. I couldn't even apologize. Yep. Because I couldn't talk
1: to them. Nope. That's so when you, um, were you on your fore think... end? Because that's just when you do the peanut butter jelly dance and shuffle on yeah. out of there. That's <laughs> right. That's <laughs> all you can. Emotes do.
2: work. So I think slash sorry is an emote. You could have slash sorried.
1: Yeah, you're right. I
0: probably could have. I did. I was a little bit embarrassed, but in general, I don't. I don't think I'd want to play the Burning Legion because the Burning Legion are nihilists, man.
3: Yeah. And it's if you've seen the Big watch Lebowski,
0: the universe burn. Yeah, if you've seen the Big Lebowski, you know the problem with nihilists is they don't even have an ethos. So. Yeah, it's just, there's not much, you, all the Burning Legion wants to do is kill everything. It's like, yeah, great, Well, this is a party I want to go to. Yep. Uh, so yeah, not much there. I'm not down for that. Next email. And is, I mean,
2: well, if, okay, so an expansion where you join the Burning <laughs> Legion. What happens in the expansion after that? Oops. We're still trying to kill everybody. Delete your account, suddenly, I guess. Suddenly, this, this you're all
3: Burning redeemed.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't work out. Can we come back to the Alliance now? No. Alright, we'll just join the horde. We don't want you. What are we going to do? I guess we'll form a third, a, a loser faction? A faction of people <laughs> who washed out? But Sorry. yeah, let's. We're going to move on to this email from Arcasian. I'm going to say that's how it's pronounced, Arcasian, because that's what it looks like to me. Greetings, watchers. I have a question for you, which perhaps is more about the state of MMOs as a whole, but I'm looking at it from the perspective of WoW specifically. Over the years, sites like Wowhead have become a more and more relied on tool for players to find all manner of information about the game. Even the patch notes that Blizzard itself releases are relied upon to get up to date information about classes, quests, and so on. This has left me with the question of whether or not these sources of external information are in fact a requirement for players who want to experience the game to its fullest. I, like so many older MMO players, hearken back to the days when the, inter- the internet barely scratched the surface when it came to in-depth MMO information. The most players could rely upon were like the rumor mills or game forums. Uh, do you think Blizzard and other developers expect players to seek out this information on external websites? Is this trend a bad thing for WoW and other MMOs in the future? Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Arcasian. Um, well, I mean, to a certain degree, you're talking about the days of like Thoughtbot and, and Alakazam, where there still were databases, but they were relatively sparse. I was,
1: gonna, I was gonna say back in vanilla Thoughtbot was like a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. And
2: even before. I mean, I remember even as like a little little kid playing a game that none of my friends had. I could go buy a strategy guide, or yeah. when, the, when I finally got access to the internet, game FAQs is there, and there was user generated strategy guides there. So I think gaming has always had this element of, uh, if you don't know how something works, you have somewhere to look it up.
1: Because there's always those people out there who want to explain it to you.
2: Yeah. And there's people who need it explained.
1: So,
0: there it is. As to whether or not, like, you know, I I understand what you're asking, what you're really kind of talking about. You're basically saying nowadays, instead of just wandering around, trying to figure out how to get Cyclonian summoned, and then trying to figure out how to kill Cyclonian, You can just 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 go... Yeah, I'll we would just go look it up. Yeah, and I, I'm guilty of this. I, I don't know about you two, but I do this. I if I'm confused about something, if I don't know where something is, I go look it up.
1: I you know, give myself, I give myself a good amount of time before I do it, but I will do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, granted, I'm saying this as the guy who often has to write this stuff up for other people. So <laughs> you know, but there there have been times when I've you know I've succumbed and gone to look stuff up, and there's been times when. I figured something out. Here's the thing: is at least for me, what I've noticed is guild chat tends to be the first result people go for.
3: Yeah. People
0: asking guild before they go look it up, which I don't really know why, but they do because they
1: don't want to alt tab.
0: Yeah, but and I've actually gotten a lot of stuff from guild before I would you know before I ever thought to look it up. Uh, I remember like one of my friends, Matt, who's another Matt. uh, He's in my guild. He he was the one who taught me how to, to to solo. Most of the stuff I solo now, like I, I, I solo a lot of stuff every week, you know, for transmog gear and so forth. He was going to explain to me that you couldn't kill Anixia too soon when you're fighting Nef. Because if you, especially if you're doing heroic Nefarian, if you kill Anixia too soon, he drops the lava and the blowing up's going on and you take a ton of damage. Yeah. And so it's best to, like, just kind of do a little damage to Anixia till Nef comes out. And that was all him. I didn't look that up. I didn't find a strategy guide. My friend told me. So... Ultimately, it's all just an extension of that networking. It's just, it's basically the concept of another player tells you a lot of that stuff, a lot of the information you look up is really from other players.
1: And I find sites like Wowhead particularly useful because it's a database of like every quest in the game. So, I mean, when I'm working on lore stuff or whatever, and I want to reference a quest, I'll go look it up just to make sure I've got the info right, because almost everything is right there on Wowhead to read, and it's pulled yeah. directly from the game. It's a really useful resource. I well, think
2: if... I turn to Wowhead most often when I vaguely know where something is, and I can even like see it on my map, like a rare to not. Like I see the skull on my map, but it's not in front of me, so I can't figure out if it's below me or above me. <laughs> is it in the cave? I don't know where this cave is. And that's usually when I go to Wowhead, like... Yeah, I need a screenshot. See <laughs> Where is the cave? entrance of this place? <laughs> okay, I see that he's in a cave. I know I have to find a cave instead of climb this mountain right. or whatever. I've noticed it too. I mean,
0: whether or not Blizzard and other developers expect players to seek out this information, I think they do to some extent um, based on the fact that we've got the adventure guide now, which is an iteration of the dungeon journal that they made you know, back in Kata. And basically they're trying to put more information in the game so you don't have to go look it up. Yeah, um, that's why you that's why that information exists. I mean, and I, I've found myself using the dungeon journal. The problem with this, course, is it's a little small. It's a little hard to read. But in general, I, I do find myself using it. I do think Blizzard would like it if we didn't have to use external sites at all. But I do think that they kind of accept that this is just the nature of how players are going to work. They're not necessarily always going to just go explore everything. There are players who do. Um, we just talked about um, a player today who figured out how to do the you know, Predator achievement by himself and then nobody had
1: done it before so he didn't have he was he is the source of information because he's the only one that's done it
0: yeah and he's the one that told WoWhead how to do it yeah so that's a lot of that stuff comes from players so it is it is a both ways thing i I don't think it really hurts mmos per se because it's just the way that they're going to evolve they're going to move that towards that way players the bigger they get the more players are on them the more people are going to like want to share information it's just ultimately
2: sharing information
3: so
2: <laughs> Leo uh, I never I never played EverQuest, but I talked to Dan O'Halloran about EverQuest a lot cuz he was a big EverQuest guy back in the day and he would tell me about how, you know, they didn't even have an in-game map for EverQuest. So no. people would make maps and the only way to get a map was to either make your own or ask somebody who had made one or go online and look for one. I mean, this stuff's been going on forever.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh next email is from Dolrock, the Dwarf Paladin and Emerald Dream US who put his pronunciation guide right up front. Man, I like you. Thank you. Uh during BlizzCon 2013, Chris Metzen was quoted saying, "This conflict coming the the coming conflict will be the alliance's finest hour." <laughs> conflict being warlords of Ranar. Uh <laughs> Save your derision for the end of the question, please. Uh, question: Has the alliance's finest hour actually occurred? If so, please enlighten me, because if it has happened, it sure didn't seem like it. And after viewing this, <laughs> and you're making me laugh. Uh, and after viewing the end cinematic for six point two, I didn't really see if it there either. Is this just, just another promise, uh dwarloid storyline that is yet not yet to be resolved? Thanks. Uh, are you
2: sure this was in the context of Warlords of Draenor? Wasn't this a Siege of Orgrimmar thing? Uh-uh. No, and I, I, I think you should talk. Cause no, you, I'm okay.
1: You sure? <laughs> Look, when they come out and they say that it's going to be the finest hour for one faction or another, they seldom mean it. I, I've come to accept this at this point. Because it's been said so many times about so many things about how this is this is going to be where the Alliance gets theirs. Or this is where the Horde is going to do this or this or this. And it, I don't know what people expect in their heads that thing to be. But whatever they've got in their heads, it's... Whatever happens in game never lives up to what you've got in your head. Like that's such a nebulous statement to begin. You know, the Alliance's finest hour. Well, finest hour for what? Exactly.
2: Like, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. They said this about warlords. Yeah. I know they said something like this about Siege of Orgrimmar. No. They said this about warlords. What in warlords has anything to do with the Alliance? I don't.
0: No. Well, I mean, you know, you could look at the uh, Shadowmoon quest and the Draenei bed as alliancey, and that Marauds involved, and I'm involved. So, kind of the alliance was there.
1: It was the warlords of Draenor. It was like when they when they premiered the announcement trailer. He said that.
3: What?
1: Yeah.
0: Dude, <laughs> she, she, they did say that. I remember. They, they that. said it. They they, they released they... the wrong expansion. <laughs> I honestly, I got to admit, I put this question in just for these two's reaction. I knew it was going to do something like this. I wasn't expecting Anne to actually bust out and gut laugh, so
1: I'll give you that one.
3: sorry.
1: Oh, it's fine. You know, somebody asked that question, and it's like, you know, yes, they say that. I mean, they said that. Alex is right. I think they said that about Siege of Orgrimmar, too. I think they said that about Pandaria. I think they said that about.
0: I'm going to try and let me try and be as like charitable as possible. Uh-huh. I say this. Chris Metzen gets real excited. when He he's
1: gets super, super. And he's so much fun to listen to because yeah. he gets so into what he's talking about. He's really excited about what he's talking about. And I don't know. See, this is this is one of those things where it's like, do you remember how I said like way back? I said it felt like this expansion was supposed to be something else. And then they changed it somewhere. Okay, yeah. this is one of those moments where, where I think that it was supposed to be something else and they changed it somewhere. Because maybe when he made that announcement, it was supposed to be that, but that isn't what we got.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't feel much like the expansion is tremendously Alliance-centric.
1: It doesn't I feel would... like it's Horde-centric either. It doesn't feel like it's either-faction-centric. I mean, There's just this on stuff going on. the Alliance
2: side, it's just like a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Not in the good way. <laughs>
1: Well, I
0: mean,
2: you know... It, I mean, it, it's, it is not us doing... It's not the Alliance doing the slaughtering. It is an Alliance character dying in every single zone sometimes, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll admit that Murad's death really still bugs me. Um, if you hadn't known that Murad died at this point, I'm sorry. This expansion's been out for a while. I feel like you should have been aware. Yeah. I mean, uh, but...
2: Barrow's Alexton was just...
1: You killed him? <laughs> I got, I got mad about that, though, Alex, just for an entirely different reason. Because you got that bit of story, and you got the fallout from that, and you see the fallout from that every time you log into your garrison. And it's like this moment of, oh, man, you know? The Horde they didn't even give us
2: somebody interesting as right, a replacement. It's just the, some stupid dwarf in a hard it,
1: Yeah, and see, that's funny, too, because on the Horde side, it's like they, they say, hey, uh, this guy, and they say his name. And I'm sure maybe he was important somewhere, but that's the first time I've ever heard this orc's name in my life. They say, he's missing. You need to go find him. And you go find him and he's dead. And you can't really bring yourself to care that the dude is dead because you didn't know him anyway. He's just... See, they should have killed Whoops, the, the I guess he work worked a little too hard. <laughs> nice. They
0: should have killed the the goblin that comes through and helps build your garrison. Oh, at, see, at least he would have been important.
1: Yeah, that would have... He's
0: actually like he's been in novels and stuff.
1: He's been G- Yeah, he's Gaz- been in Gaslow. Like, yeah, he's yeah. been in a bunch of different se- If they had done something like that with Gaslow, that would have had some kind of an effect. The thing about killing Barros is, is is on the one hand,
0: for those of us who've been playing the game for like ten Man, years. Man, I
1: feel bad about him because he's yeah.
0: been there since like the beginning, you know? He, he was the guy that gave us our original uh you know, Dead mines and uh stockades quests. Oh jeez. He's a dude who's been around forever. If you didn't play back then, you have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. He's not important. It would be like if if
2: Captain Placeholder had gotten murdered. And like they'd be like, <laughs> Captain who? Who is this <laughs> guy? Because he dies in the garrison campaign, honest to God, I have not done the garrison campaign on any of my alts. Because him standing next to the the work table in my garrison is a lot better than some no-name dwarf with a hard hat. Like, this guy was part of our garrison, and now there's just nobody there. And the horde is still, oh yeah, here's Gaslow being a badass, or whatever.
1: See, I don't. Mostly I, he's I, being greedy, but yeah, you know.
0: I, I don't. I don't mind them. I think the Barrow story, at least with Lieutenant Thorne, was it was like a, it was a little heart trending little moment. Whereas my problem, ultimately, and and this is something that I I don't want to like dwell on too much, but my problem is more that the alliance, the alliance, it, the only time I've had fun in this expansion, and I've had a lot of fun with it, is the purely Draenei centric story stuff that I play as a Draenei. Yeah, I think that's great, and I'm having a ball, and my character's out there doing this great stuff. But the alliancey stuff—that's just alliance-based—is kind of weird. Like, for instance, we go to Talador and we build this lion's base, and it's like for what purpose? To go harass ogres on the entire other side of the zone? Why? Why are we harassing them? Well, they're part of that ogre empire we're going to end up fighting later. Why couldn't we make friends with them and fight? They don't like orcs either. No, nah, it turns out they're going to join the horde. But but we could maybe recruit them. Nah, we're just going to kill them. Maybe this is why they joined the Horde. I mean, you know, we keep killing them. Oh no, they've already joined the Horde. It's in a story that will be coming out in a few months. It didn't come out yet. So you don't know about it, but yeah, <laughs> it's, totally... it's just this weird series of like, I liked know... the only time I really felt like I liked the Alliance story was in the when it felt like it actually made sense that the Alliance would be like making this outpost and doing this stuff because it was like this frontier and that, and that made sense. But Overall, I think maybe because the raids have felt weird and disjointed. Like going to the High Mall and it felt like wow, High Mall is the ultimate in why are we here raiding? Yeah. Like seriously, at least BlackRock Foundry, that guy blew up Talador. That guy now, I know what that guy's about. But why am I killing fair, this ogre?
1: To be fair, the ogres were kind of a threat in Tal I mean, you had the whole thing going on with Chogal, and then at the end of that whole Nagrand Chain it's very specifically stated, yeah, we need to do something about Mall. Now, yes, it's stated, like, they say that, and you do see some of what's going on in Mall at the beginning of the Nagrand quests, because they send you up to kill some ogres and stuff. It just doesn't carry the same weight as, yeah, that's the dude that blew up Talador. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: It's just really weird. Yeah. The, and I think the, the Alliance part. in general comes, oh, just comes off really strange this
2: expansion. The best part of this entire expansion, my favorite thing out of everything the questing, dungeons, raids, whatever it's in the Grand, where you have the Rengari and the woman from SI7 arguing about which one is better.
0: Yeah, that's, that's I love bad. it. Honestly, though, I'll tell you the truth. One of the things I like so far about the Tanan quest line and the Tanan stuff is how much story is getting revealed through treasures. I'm actually learning a heck of a lot about what's going on in Tanan with Gul'dan and all that through just stuff I'm finding. Like, this axe isn't a wall. What's this? I'll pull it out of the – hey, no, it's this whole bit about this Frostwolf dude and his wolf. It's like, wow, okay. Or, you know, I'm I'm up at the – what is the name of that? Ruins of Shinar? I want to see Ruins of Shinar. Something like that. It's I'm up there, and I'm fighting various demons, and like suddenly there's like the, all these elite demons, and they all drop these items, and it's like, whoa, okay, something weird's going on here. It just – that's an interesting way to do the treasures. A lot of the treasures before Tanan just are there. It's just, there's, hey, this guy um, drops a weird thing, or this thing's in the ground.
2: There, I, the one I kind of like – well, there's a kind of goofy one where somebody's exploring Tanan and wrote a letter about how they remembered their selfie camera but not their hearthstone.
1: And they yeah. have the selfie camera, and it's, like, tied it's to a stick. Selfie stick.
2: Yeah. It's tied yeah. to
1: an actual stick. It's fantastic.
2: And um, there's the one where there's the orc who writes a letter to his mom. Like, I'm leaving the Iron Horde. Their food sucks. I like your cooking better. But <laughs> he didn't actually make it out of Tanan. Aww. No, he, he
3: doesn't
0: get out of him. It's just... Lots of little little bits like that. That The, the Garrison campaign itself I've only really done one part of, obviously, because it's only been a week. That was cool, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't done it yet, so I won't talk about that. Okay. But in, in general, the the story feels like it's more – like it makes more sense in Tanon than it did elsewhere. I haven't done Horde, so I don't know. But the Alliance story, at least, I finally feel like it makes sense that we're doing this stuff. Yeah. We should be here. We should be pushing in. So, yeah, I, I – It's been hit or miss with the Alliance. I think that's fair to say. Um,
2: I want to mention, uh, somebody watching us live, um, Slowpoke is a gamer in chat, said Frostfire had a lot of lore-heavy treasures, and uh, that is completely true. When I was playing in beta, like, I don't have a horde character in live, but I did all the horde stuff in beta. Frostfire had the best treasures, the best, like, rares and little vignette things, like, they put a lot of work into that and I feel like they did Frostfire first and they went, Whoa, this is taking a long time and then everywhere else they just kind of dropped it in.
1: There's um, actually in the Grand there are places where I, I don't know if it's necessarily treasures, but there's like you could find corpses of wolf riders and if you click them it'll tell you a little bit of story about about that particular those orcs and why they're why that corpse is that and those are kind of like interesting story bits but there's not really a whole heck of a lot of it everywhere in the world so i'm glad that they kind of incorporated that a little more into Tanan. and
2: in frostfire the the rares and the vignettes are like that's the only place where i felt like the vignettes that they hyped up this expansion are actually special
1: they were like interesting
2: there's the, the worm that you have to feed and the, the fireworm that jumps all over the place. I,
1: there's the one with like the, the frozen orc lady and you have to go find the frozen orc dude who's like all the way on the other side. They were trying to – she was waiting for him mm-hmm. and they froze to death and there's like a thing that you can – I think it's like a necklace or something that you can make because they each have a half of it or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, all I remember was I did that and I was like, wow, okay, that was pretty cool. And, yeah, and there it wasn't a lot of that in when I did really Shadow clear Moon, that I loved Shadow Moon. I really did. I loved Shadow Moon very, very much. But it didn't have the same kind of feel with the vignettes.
2: Yeah, those extras like Frostfire is above and beyond all of them, and Shadow Moon pales in comparison.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. At this point, I'm going to move on to the next email because we could probably talk about this for a long time. We could. Uh, next email is from Methus. Uh, that's how he said to pronounce it, Methus from E-N-R-U-S. Um, It's looking like Blizzard is going for a redemption arc story for alternate universe but Personally, I don't feel Blizzard has really laid the groundwork story-wise to justify this in any satisfying way. Grommash still seems like a power-hungry, violent jerk whose only redeeming quality is he doesn't like the taste of demon blood. (laughs) What do you think? Has Blizzard pulled off the heel-face turn, or are they asking too much of the players? I'll say this. I don't think that they've set up a storyline where he feels particularly bad about anything he's done.
2: It's a load of crap.
0: Um, And... and,
1: uh, I I pointed this out, actually, in the last Know Your Lore that I did, which is full of spoilers. So if you don't want any spoilers for anything 6.2 related, don't go read that Know Your Lore. However, um, I said kind of much the same thing where it's like they haven't... No, we haven't had that moment where all of a sudden we kind of sympathize with... There was like a twinge of sympathy... In that, in that cinematic after, uh, was it the Legendary Ring one? I think it was the Legendary Ring one. It's yeah, the he, one where, he, yeah, goldon shows up. The one where he says, my son. And you get that look on his face where he actually like realizes, oh, crap. That's who that guy was. And he's dead. You know, and, and there's like that momentary twinge. But that's not about what he's done. That's about, oh, you recognize your kid. Good job, dad. Like, <laughs> like we, we, we haven't had that moment where it's like he shows any kind of remorse or any kind of anything, and we haven't had that moment where we look at him, any of our leaders look at him and go, hey, maybe we should ally with this guy. Now, maybe that happens in Hellfire Citadel somewhere. I don't know. Haven't gotten there yet. So.
0: Yeah, I know that he shows up at one point crucified to a tree.
3: Yeah.
0: It's a very Conan, the, you know, barbarian movie moment. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like, how it works out in terms of when you get him down or how it works. But honestly, throughout, like, I don't think they're even trying to make it seem like Grommash particularly feels bad about anything except losing control of the Horde. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it, it's like, if they're going for a redemption arc, they have not even set up the redemption part of it. You see him at the end. Yes, of course, he's against Archimond and, and Gul'dan, because Gul'dan's the one that, you know try tied him up and was gonna like
1: And he did refuse to drink, you know, in that like I said, in that trailer at the end of the legendary thing, he did refuse to drink again and said, No, that's a line I'm not gonna cross which is I guess kind of admirable, but at the same time, sure, he's saying that, but he still banded all of these orcs together and decided to go attack Azeroth, so where is you know
0: I was having a discussion with Raids a while back um, yeah. on Twitter, and we were talking about the fact that one of the weird things about Warlords, if you think about it at all, is that there's always been this kind of moment where, like, you, as a Horde player, you could say the actions of the old Horde were based in part on the demon blood and on it being misled and on, you know, the corruption, the corrupting influence of Manoroth and Gul'dan. Right. you could kind of separate out you know, the Orgrims who are certainly warriors and certainly warlike from the really bad stuff that the Horde did. Right. But in this expansion, what we have seen is that given the opportunity, the majority of Orcs will still commit genocide.
1: Will if they still... think to band together and do it.
0: Yeah. yeah it's, it wasn't that they were like misled by like an evil, you know, demon worshiper. It's that, when given the opportunity, orcs will get... The only thing keeping orcs from having tried to conquer Draenor before was that they couldn't get their stuff together. Yeah. And when... Nobody
1: gave them the idea to get their stuff together.
0: Yeah. And it was even funnier, is in this one, when Gul'dan comes back, they turn on Grom so fast. Oh, yeah. All they have to do is lose a few times, and they're, they're like, going to guzzle that stuff down, knowing it's bad, and knowing where it comes from, and knowing, you know they're they're not going to this one naked this time. They're not going to this one being, like, tricked. I mean, they're straight up knowing this is stuff from a demon. It's going to turn us crazy and, and violent, and we're totally going to drink it because we want to win before all else. It's a really strange change that I, I don't think... Gromash would have to really pull out a lot of stops story-wise to get me to
2: believe that this was all okay. Yeah. Because none of it is, was. <laughs> I don't feel like Grom... like. The Grom from our universe, I never understood why he was such a hero either, because up until the moment he died, he spent all that time doing really horrible things, demon blood or not. He well, went if... for a double dip. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted some
3: more.
0: <laughs> the thing about him was at least he understood that he had made a mistake. He backslid, but there was it, it, there was definitely a moment it, of him, he it, knew... He'd screwed up,
1: right? If you read, if you read Lord of the Clans in particular, you you get that sense of remorse where he's like, "What have we done to
2: ourselves?" You know,
1: yeah. he
0: wasn't particularly concerned
2: with as, what he'd done to anybody who, else. As somebody who hasn't read all the novels and only played the games,
1: it's not Grom very clear. Has
2: always been an asshole, like <laughs> forever. Yeah, I can't really argue it with you.
1: No, I can't.
2: And, and Grom also strikes me as one of those like from. Like, as somebody who writes fiction stuff sometimes, there's always a problem where, like, the characters the creators love most are rarely the ones the people who play or consume the story or whatever love most. And Blizzard seems particularly bad. Like, they have their favorites, and they will put those favorites in the spotlight over and over, even though everybody hates them.
1: It's weird. Thrall,
2: Malfurion, Grom, these are all their favorites, and everybody else is like, these guys are terrible people.
1: Thrall, I didn't mind so much because I did see a progression going on. Malfurion was kind of out of nowhere. It was like, yep, he's awake again. Woohoo! Back in the game, doing absolutely nothing. Perfect.
0: You know. Malfurion wouldn't be so bad if he hadn't spent Cataclysm telling us that we had to work together with the people who were burning down everywhere he's from. Let's get the
1: Horde and get them to ally with Scenarius because, you know, that's all right. They're
0: burning down Ashenvale.
1: They killed him thing.
3: Yeah.
0: And they're burning down Ashenvale right now. <laughs> the entire reason we have, you know, the entire reason Leara is our enemy is that they burned down her house and killed her child.
3: <laughs> well,
0: yeah, let's work with them. Malfurion, you're taking off the druids who used to call you Shando. The very people that used to be like, Malfurion can do no wrong. of like, except when he lets... And Toronto,
1: where's Tirana during all of this? She's just sort of like off to the side getting the manicure or something. I don't know because she has nothing to say about this at all. I've been it in just charge for no her, sense. I've
0: been we're, in charge we're, for we're ten thousand like, years, but you know now that he's back, I'm, I think yeah, we're kind
1: of getting off topic. So. <laughs> well,
2: uh, yeah, uh, I think. Blizzard has blinders on when it comes to their favorite characters and uh, Grom is going to be redeemed because they really like Grom. They don't need to justify it in their minds. That's just what they want to do. Which is weird
1: because there are plenty of ways that they could, I mean, not necessarily justify it, but there are plenty of ways and plenty of places and plenty of stories that they could release about. I just want to see that moment where the Drenai say, okay, you're all right, we'll work with you. Or where the Horde says, okay, you're all right, we'll work with you. Or, you know, the Alliance says, okay, you're okay, we're you know. we Somebody has to say somebody it. Somebody has to say it sometime. Because yeah, some, otherwise, otherwise, he's just going to, like, show up at the end and be like, hey, guys, that was a great fight, wasn't it? Or whatever well, every,
0: he does. No, 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 everyone stops and turns and looks at him there like,
2: did you invite him? <laughs> no, I didn't invite him. Did you well, somebody him? must have invited
1: him, so yeah.
2: Even the this patch 6.2 trailer cinematic was a little weird. Like the conversation with Gul'dan and Grom. Yeah. Grom was like, yeah, these guys are amazing heroes. They're going to come and save me and stop you. And it's like, Grom, you're an asshole. I want you to die. Don't... <laughs> Don't hype me up. See know, I I've
0: know they're amazing. I, yeah, I will buy that he said that because well, we must be great if we kicked his ass. Yeah, that's that's he how looked. big that's how big he is on himself. But we're going to move on to our last email. No, no, we're moving been. on to the last email now because we have one yeah. more email we're going to read and then All we're going right. to move on. Uh, this one is from Kuru from Airy Peak. Convert to raid guilds times 10. Uh, hello, Council of Three. Now that the final patch has come out and everybody's having fun doing things, I had two questions. One, do you believe that this is the last patch for Warlords? And do you all believe that there is evidence to support something else coming over the horizon? Uh, Let's answer that one first. So uh, I am completely uncertain as to whether or not this is the last patch. I don't think it is.
2: I don't know what she's doing anymore. It seems like it has to be. It, like, it seems like it must be.
1: I don't think it is, but I can't really talk about why because spoilers. So, sorry.
2: But if it's not, <laughs> then this expansion is even more of a mess.
1: Yeah.
0: The, the thing is, is that they put in a lot of catch-up mechanisms that, you know, are usually the last patch Type catch up mechanisms.
1: I think they're going to stuff something in. I don't say I don't. I don't think it's going to be like another zone or raid tier. What I think. I think there's more to come. If there maybe. is not more to come, then this is going to be a really weird place to end it. Is all I have to say about that.
0: I, I, I will say that if they do do a final patch, I think it's definitely going to be much more along the lines of uh, the Red Dragon raid at the end. Yeah, Ruby Sanctum at the end of Wrath, and m- not. Not like Sunwell, right? You know, and I think, Sunwell, honestly, Sunwell was laid out. There was there was stuff that made me feel
1: Sunwell made sense.
0: The Isle of Kaladanas,
1: the whole thing. Yeah,
0: it still felt like out of nowhere.
1: Kind of a little. I mean, you had that kind of pre-warning when you turned in that thing that dropped off a Kalthas, and he said, "Yeah, I'll be back."
3: Yeah, but
1: you didn't know when he was going to be back, and when they announced it, it was like, "Oh, okay, so that's what he was talking about."
2: Well. Guess and we I believe we'll take care of that. In one of the developer Q and As, I think Ian Hazakostas also said we are going to be in Tanan for the rest of the expansion. So um, they're not adding another world zone.
3: Huh?
2: Because Tanan is supposed to last through the rest of the expansion. So they're not going to release like better gear because if they release better gear, then Tanan is nothing.
1: That's interesting.
0: Well, they'll release better gear, and that the better gear is available now. You can get better' give us little rate. upgrade lumps, but the next the next part question is with 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 as far in the storyline as we know, the smashing dark Prince has not been seen anywhere, and as far as I know hints of him anywhere that I could see uh could could you all discuss where where he is what's he doing? uh he has to have his claws in something in warlords any any interest in any theories and tinfoil hat stuff you can throw my way uh we know only that he makes an appearance in a book. That you get for doing a quest in Spires of Iraq. And in that book, he was apparently on Draenor at one point, And that's all we know.
1: Yeah. And there was some sort of concerning something going on. Yeah. Something, something... There was a reason he was there. What that reason was or where he went afterwards? No idea. I keep expecting him to show up. That's another reason why I'm like, well, this can't be the end of it, end of it. Because... We haven't seen that guy yet, and we know he's around here somewhere. He's got to be doing something.
0: Yeah. No, I, I left. I'm done. I'm totally I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. No, I I came, got, got what I meant to do, and yeah, I'm done. I'm back on Azeroth. No, I don't – I yeah, no idea what he's doing now. I think that's pretty much the show, though, because we're red smack at the 10 o'clock mark, so that's okay. usually when we stop. So, um. Again, if you've got any emails for the show, please send them to podcast at com. And here's where I have Alex do his Patreon thing because he's better at it than I am. So, Alex?
2: Yes. Um, if you'd like to support the show or Blizzard Watch in general, you can do so at blizzardwatch.com. No. Patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. How am I better at this than you? I got the <laughs> URL wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Um any little bit helps. And if you have questions for the podcast, you can also post them on our Patreon page if you are supporting us. So, thank you. That's it.
0: And that's the show. Uh, next week, we will be continuing to talk about World of Warcraft and other Blizzard games. This is a pretty heavy Blizzard game. I should have mentioned that there's a Mystery Hero. Uh, they did a Mystery Hero teaser on the uh, Play Overwatch Twitter today. Oh, yeah? That's the, that's the sum total. We got a picture of somebody who looks vaguely like
2: Master Chief. Um, and he looks like... A Robo Ninja, yeah, and a absolutely. Robo Ninja is one of the concept art pieces that was on that big Overwatch splash art. So yeah, because that
1: splash place. art had a ton.
2: Yeah, there's like people that 30 plus heroes yet. on it or something, and yeah. there's only a few of them released. So
0: I wrote a brief thing about it today, where I basically said I thought it was possibly going to be a defender, just because we have less defenders than we have offense, or tanks, or support. But that's pretty much we don't really know a heck of a lot. Yep. So But yeah, hey. That's that's something that they did today and I should mention it. And so that's the show. Thank you everybody for listening and supporting us. It's really appreciated and uh uh say good night guys.
3: Good night, good night everybody, everybody.